1: Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
0: It's Monday, June 1st. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is your daily coronavirus update. While unrest continues across the country, concerns about the coronavirus pandemic still remain. We are still waiting for a treatment or vaccine, but there's also some uncertainty to immunity for those that have had the disease and recovered. We still don't know for how long someone might be protected from COVID-19 after they have gotten it. And in your body, it's not just antibodies that are fighting the virus. B-cells and T-cells also help fight illnesses after antibodies have disappeared. Catherine Wu science reporter at Smithsonian Magazine, joins us for why immunity to the coronavirus is so complicated. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. I wanted to talk about the coronavirus, COVID-19. We've been battling this for some months now, and one of the things that we haven't had a chance to really wrap our head around is immunity from the virus. Once you get it, are you even completely immune from it? And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's pretty complicated in the way it works in our bodies. So, Catherine, help us out a little bit to understand why immunity to this has been so complicated so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that you're looking into this because it's such a complicated question. And I think during such a chaotic time when there are lives at stake, people really want clear-cut answers. And I'm sad to report that we don't have a lot of those right now. I think the most important takeaway at this point is that even though we have tests and a lot of people working very hard on this disease and how to fight it, we don't really have clear-cut answers on whether or not people are going to be protected from getting infected with the virus a second time, even if they've recovered from a bout of COVID-19. The way that I sort of look at this is a lot of people by now have heard of antibody tests these are the tests that search in your blood for those immune molecules that your body makes in response to a pathogen that's trying to infect you, kind of like dusting for fingerprints after a crime has occurred at a crime scene. It's evidence that something has been in your body, but that's a very past-focused look at the disease. It doesn't tell you a whole lot about the future.
0: Yeah, and one of the things with the antibodies that I didn't really know about too much is that they have a kind of a short lifespan And they disappear from your blood after a few weeks or months, depending on how strong your immune system response was. And it's really these other cells in your body that kind of remember what those antibodies were. So if the same pathogen comes back into your body, obviously we're talking about COVID-19, if you get infected again or Mm -hmm. something, these other cells are the ones that remanufacture those antibodies. So there's a lot of other stuff involved in really making your body continue to fight these diseases.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a really important point to, I think, drive home. So, specifically about the antibodies, you're exactly right. Those are molecules made by the body by a population called B cells. And it's sort of the difference between, you know, that old adage like, you know, give a person a fish and they eat for a day, it teach them how to fish and they can eat for life. Those antibodies are pretty temporary. But what is really important are those B cells, which remember how to make those antibodies against the virus itself. And so what you really want is those B cells to stick around, some of them will kind of go dormant after you've recovered from an infection, and under ideal circumstances, they'll hang around in your body, some of them will keep dividing or just hang out for a really long time in the bone marrow, and then if that pathogen kind of comes to invade your body again, they will recognize that the pathogen has come back and manufacture those antibodies. For a second time, and the response will be even stronger and faster than before, possibly so fast and so strong that you may not even experience symptoms a second time.
0: Yeah, and of course, that's what everybody <laughs> would hope for that they can have. So there's also, there's B cells, and then there's T cells, uh, T as in Tom, and some mm-hmm. of these cells also help in this uh, same thing, uh, manufacturing and helping fight the viruses once they come back.
2: So B cells and T cells are kind of two prongs of what's called the adaptive immune response and that's the kind of slow wave that kicks in roughly a week into infection depending on what pathogen we're really talking about and T cells serve kind of a different function. Like, I guess I see B cells as weapon factories. They're making antibodies, whereas T cells can actually accomplish a lot on their own. T cells can either help B cells make antibodies, so they're sort of supporting the antibody factories as they're churning these really important disease fighting molecules out, or T cells can sort of fight their own war. They can actually identify your own cells like the rest of the cells in your body, like the cells that might line your airway, recognize the ones that have been infected with a virus and actually send them signals to tell them to self-destruct because at that point they figure that cell's a lost cause, it's been infected with a pathogen, the best way to deal with the situation is to make that cell get rid of itself and that will also theoretically destroy the viruses inside of it.
0: Do we have any information yet? I know we're very uncertain on this whole thing, I had been reading about a study in South Korea that basically said some people that have retested positive again for coronavirus weren't shedding active particles of the virus. In other words, they were clearing all those people. If you had COVID-19 and you recovered, you were no longer infectious to other people. So it kind of plays into this whole thing. But has there been any other studies going around? That's the only one that I've seen, really.
2: I'm glad you brought up that bit of news because I think there's a little bit of nuance there that's maybe important to get into. I feel like there were a few reports coming out in early days talking about reinfection, like people were testing positive, having symptoms, then recovering, and testing negative. And in this case, I'm talking about the test that looks for the virus, not antibodies. So this is a diagnostic test that can tell whether or not the virus is in your body and probably active people were testing positive, then negative, then positive again. And people were wondering, are people getting reinfected? Does that mean that these people aren't immune to the virus and we're just doomed to get infected over and over again? I think a lot of experts have since come forward to say that these people probably were fighting the virus. The virus sort of declined to very low, difficult to detect levels in their body. And the tests were missing the virus because it was so scarce in the body. And then after some time, maybe the immune system kind of relaxed and the virus maybe took the opportunity to sort of surge back to higher levels, levels that were maybe triggering another bout of symptoms or making the virus detectable by these tests again. And so I think in that sense, it's really difficult to say exactly what was going on inside the body. But, you know, that isn't necessarily bad news. There are a lot of pathogens, including viruses, bacteria, parasites, that can kind of linger in the body. But if we're able to detect this early, this won't necessarily be universal for everyone. And we can develop treatments that can either keep the virus at ex- extremely low level so that people aren't experiencing symptoms or aren't shedding the virus. That's kind of what happens with HIV. And people can, you know, live very long, healthy lives in that case. Or, you know, this will kind of inform when can we sort of target and treat the virus so that it doesn't establish maybe a population in the body that's going to be this long lasting. But I definitely don't want to give people the impression that this is the norm or that they're going to be stuck with this virus permanently, just that that could be the case for a subpopulation of people.
0: There's still so much yet to be learned about the virus and how it lives within the body and all. And it's important for vaccine development and all that. So hopefully Mm -hmm. soon we can start understanding a little bit more. Catherine Wu, science reporter at Smithsonian Magazine, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been your Daily Coronavirus Update.
3: your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow use code brain 10 and get 10 percent off that's code brain 10 and get 10 off your first purchase in university because your mental health matters
1: right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring